Blog Talk Radio. Oh, I held up hope, Bern. <laughs> <laughs> oh. was so oh. confident that she was so going to talk into our intro. <laughs> so there's been a little bit of a delay between uh, the countdown and the actual time. So it's I, actually I, making the show more exciting. Yeah, because it means at the start of every episode, <laughs> every intro is now, when's the thing going to play? <laughs> you have no idea when it is. It's oh. the most must-see TV. <laughs> uh, in a short, well, at the end of May, we're going to stop being live and go back, so this won't become an issue. So, <laughs> so. Uh, news uh. to me. Oh, yeah, that's the added caveat <laughs> to the thing I was telling you before we came live, which we're not revealing yet. <laughs> but the added caveat is, yes, we will stop being, going live. <laughs> so... I'll just record it and then put it out immediately. So to you, there'll be no difference, Burn. Except for you won't be scared when the theme plays. I love <laughs> it. I think it's oh. hilarious. We'll be in HD when you listen back and everything, assuming you listen back. I don't listen back. I probably should. Uh, rarely. <laughs> oh. Sometimes. Anyway, so this is, this is the annoying bit. We've done our little banter intro. Got <laughs> <laughs> that out of the way. So this is where I'm meant to start introducing the actual show, and this is when the theme can play at any time. Immediately timed one we've done. <laughs> so good. It could play at any second. Ten. I wish we were faking this, but we're not. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, it, you, yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised if you thought we were faking it with the, like, she stuttered <laughs> with the ten, like, that's how I've edited it. That's not how I've edited it. <laughs> you, you hear the file when we, we end this live kind of, um, <laughs> kind of thing. That actually might be the perfect time to change the show name as well. Is, is Tyler oh. still relevant? Oh, so no. see what I could see what gimmick he's doing now and just rip off that. <laughs> just, yeah. just stick with him, even if he stops being relevant. It's like, no, I'm sticking with him. Is Gavin, he in WWE? No, he's not, no. He's not. He's not gone back to his old ECW name of Gavin Spears. I don't know what he's called now. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up. Uh, anyway, hello and welcome. My name is Matt Mayer, a.k.a. The Implications, columnist of the Imp Adventure series on LawsOfPain.net, and your Perfect 10 Wrestling host right here on LOP Radio. I'm once again joined by Vern. Hello, and it's Sean Spears. Sean Spears? Who's Gavin? Oh, that's what he's called now. Yes, yeah. Oh, I, was, I was thinking I've not named a random boy band member of I Gavin. <laughs> 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 You're giving away too much info about yourself. <laughs> oh, I grew up in the 90s. <laughs> there were boy bands everywhere in the 90s. That was my childhood. Oh, especially British boy bands. I don't know if they made it to America. Stop trying to depress me. <laughs> anyway... Uh, so we are talking Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. However, they kind of weren't good, and there's a lot of news to get through anyway. So we're just going to burn through the news, then go oh, through the pop- Burn talk. through it? Really? Yes. Well, oh, yeah. Pun. <laughs> <laughs> I totally noticed, and it didn't skip by me at 1 a.m. No, my brain's still working. <laughs> it's fine. 
Uh, I, I will warn people, I did knacker my brain trying to Photoshop an, an image for this, but it took me so long to get rid of the background on Cartoon Me that uh, that that's all I did. So the back it, next week, <laughs> next week they'll be able to This do is it. the first time you haven't sounded like you're dying in like two. I know. Months, so that's an improvement. I can go up in octaves. I can go down in octaves. <laughs> I'm not coughing. It's brilliant. I love it. Uh, next week I'll be back to crap though. <laughs> I don't last very long. My immune system is awful. Uh, anyway, so with all the news to burn through, we're going to go through. I'm going to do depressing, happy, depressing, happy. <laughs> that's my tactic, just to kind of, yeah, not make it feel too bad. So let's start off with depressing. First off, Saudi Arabia. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's been confirmed that on June 7th there'll be a show in Jeddah, that their third show returning with their multi-million dollar deal thing for 10 years, I think it was. Uh, they still can't say the name of the country for PR reasons. <laughs> That's a great sign. Uh, we'll take your money, but we don't want to talk about it. <laughs> That's a sign that your business the deal has got nothing shady about it. That's the number one sign that it's perfectly fine that you can't say the name of the country <laughs> for PR reasons. Uh, also, um, Mansoor, who was on NXT this week, uh, they can't say where he's from. They don't say yeah, it. Yeah, they didn't. I was wondering, and until I saw, you know, the actual news of, and when he was signed and stuff, I'm like, who is this guy? He's pretty decent. Oh, he's from Saudi Arabia. Weird. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's that weird thing of, oh, they signed actually signed a decent talent. It's just, ah, oh, they can't say how they got him. It's kind of cool. Uh, but anyway, so that deal is still ongoing. Uh, yes, I will be writing a column on it. Ricky from the Ricky and Clive show made a lovely joke uh, with something we're pre-recording <laughs> when I get it on their show. So, yes. Yes, I will be writing another column. And yes, it will be accompanied by a sigh and lots of moaning and here we go again. <laughs> kind of stuff. I had to do a well-researched piece for my first one and I made a precedent. I had to do that. I mean, uh, technically, I, if, you're, if you're writing a column and the website is making money off of people reading your column, technically, you're kind of making blood money too. Just saying. Ooh, I mean, I don't, I don't get that. The appropriate, <laughs> the appropriate response is just to go black on it. Sure, I mean that's what I'm doing in terms of Twitter. You know, the only promotion you'll see from me is when I promote my own column. Is when I watch the show and think about it for a long time and then write a column. Yeah, yeah. we're not even, as far as I know, there's no plan for anyone to cover it in laws of pain. Like we, we did the first. I think uh, the right side of the pond guys did the first one, and uh, I think uh, Plan and Steve did the second. I think. Maybe that's not quite true, but we've got no plans for this one. <laughs> so don't expect a coverage. No, no plan. Uh, oh, yeah, no plan for plan. Uh. Oh, my God. Two, two in a row. <laughs> I've put both plan and plan. I'm going to struggle with the other ones, I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that is happening. And uh, the other announcement for that was that Goldberg is confirmed to be starring at the event. Uh, his wage is thought to have been like making at least a million for the one show. Uh, and there's rumours going around that this was specifically done to kind of get another legend signed to a deal so AEW can't get them. Which, for me, it's WWE are saying they're not scared of AEW, but their actions are telling a completely different story. <laughs> so that's continuing right now. Uh, uh, I think The Undertaker and someone else was pulled from Starcade, Star and which is, <laughs> like, their actions are saying a completely different thing. And the big part, for me, to do, like, taking it away from AWWE, is these independent contractors have lost paying gigs. <laughs> for this, Starca- Starcast would have been, was a paying gig. 
and these legends have lost out on money because WWE pulled them. Yep. So that for me that was the, contractors. Yeah. In quote. Oh, I just realized I did quotation marks at the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> who was it the other week that was talking about how much they liked being an independent contractor? God, who was that? Probably Booker T or Mark Henry. Those two would be pretty outspoken about it. Now, it was someone I would not have expected to have such a stupid oh. take. It might have been like Chris Jericho or something surprising. Oh, right. Oh. Um, yeah, but they also released Dustin Rhodes, and now he's going to go into the main event, I assume, and feud with Cody, right? So, yeah, I think weird. Cody's one of those who doesn't put himself in the main event. Like, yeah. his match against Nick Aldis was in the middle of the card, so I'm expecting something similar. Like, we've got Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho. I'm assuming that's going to main event. But, yeah, it's... <laughs> That that promo by Cody was amazing, by the way. If you've not watched it, it's it's on the uh, Nightmare Family YouTube channel. I is... have not watched it. I saw that people were ranting and raving about it and being like, oh my God, it's so good. Why can't WWE do this? And then someone else was like, because WWE has seven hours of television to do a week and you can't do that repeatable for seven hours <laughs> building up to every pay-per-view. So it... I don't know anything about it. I just know people were drooling over it. It's um, the AEW guys being really smart, and because they don't have a TV show, they're using YouTube to build their feuds. So uh, then they've been doing a kind of building up semi-kayfabe, semi-reality build to Double or Nothing with like these 10-minute videos with Cody and Brandy and that lot kind of building to the show, putting everything together. And it, and so they, they announced Dustin Rose to be his opponent. And then Cody put out this uh, promo, which was him basically saying that he is, not going after Dustin Rhodes. He's not out to kill his brother. He's out to kill the Attitude Era, this thing which is draining the industry. And he's just like, oh, this just, oh, he's nailing so many points that fans are feeling. <laughs> maybe, maybe I need to go watch that then. But to be fair, <laughs> if you're out to kill the Attitude Era, you're aiming at like the 57th biggest Attitude Era wrestler. Oh, yeah. Baby step. <laughs> So I appreciate it, but at the same time, you look at the match and you're like, really though, gold dust? <laughs> it's probably like within like a radius of easiest to sign to a contract. <laughs> kind of going For sure. There. Was Rhino busy? <laughs> I mean, I, I call gold dust bigger than Rhino. It's like... uh, was RVD busy? <laughs> he's, a, he's a movie star now, kind of. If it's straight to DVD counts as movie star. Yeah, he's <laughs> like a time pop. Is, in, is he in Time Cop? I mean, is he in Time no, Cop? Just, no. Oh, you're doing like John Claude Van Damme a little bit. Because I thought they were doing a remake, which is why I thought, oh, is he in the remake? <laughs> it's like, no, Ben's making a joke of Van Damme. Just making a joke. Uh, so we've strayed from Saudi Arabia. Oh, yes, we're talking about Saudi Arabia. So um, Ben's already made, it, already made this pretty clear that he's not watching it. I'm not watching it either. I'll be making my column on it, but that'll be more to do with the around story of the deal, kind of like my last two were, rather than like covering the event itself. Because on top of all the morality shit, you've also got two shows that haven't been very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I want to watch four guys who shouldn't have been wrestling for the last 10 years flop <laughs> around, tear their muscles out. Cool. Yeah, that sounds fun. Okay. We have the network. We can go watch like a billion yeah. Attitude Era Raws. I don't have to watch them wrestling in 2019. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly my take. It's like, yeah, I can go watch them in their prime and I can really enjoy it. I don't like for them. It's obviously like a one million pound one night gig. <laughs> of course, like the Courtney Legends are going to take it, but it's yeah. It's, as a fan watching, it's kind of like. 
I've got this morality issue with it. And as well, the shows are really long and not very good. Why would I ever watch them? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Like it's, it's fine for the actual fans in Saudi Arabia who are watching it. Yeah, that's cool. But I don't want to watch them back here. Like, no. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll wait and see if they do any promotion on television. Because so far, it's just a tweet from their account. The Goldberg thing is might be their idea for how they could promote it. But I can almost guarantee it will be booed. Even if they just say Goldberg's returning and don't really give any more on this date and don't give any more specifics, <laughs> yeah. still get booed. Yeah, that's what happened last year when they announced all the, the Crown Jewel matches, right? When they had to yeah. change the name. Like, I think The Undertaker came out and announced it, and he got booed. Goldberg's definitely going to get booed because everyone in the U.S. knows fucking Saudi Arabia, scummy as shit. Nobody should be supporting that, which, to be clear, is not just blood money, but also their insane sexism. Yes, but putting it lightly. Like ingrained <laughs> in the culture, uh, it gets into a grey territory when you talk about the the religion and power in the country. Uh, I would highly recommend uh, Ricky from the Ricky and Clive show. He is Muslim and he has spoken about this, uh, like what that like kind of views and things. He knows a lot more than I do. I recommend listening to him or at least tweeting him because <laughs> he's he's a bit more knowledgeable about me on the stuff. There are Many. a lot of sects in a lot of different religions, and yeah. when one of the extremist ones gets a hold of an entire country, this is what happens. It's it's it's, it's difficult to talk about without uh, me being able to link to articles to prove what I'm doing. I've got come from work. So <laughs> speaking man. of uh, independent contractors and wrestlers that people are talking about going to AEW... Oh, what a, what a transition. <laughs> boom! <laughs> John Moxley yes. uh, heard some rumors about a, an amazing promo that he had put out. And I was like, oh, cool. They dug up some old footage. I totally watched that at some point. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Turns out it's actually new footage. And yeah. it's actually, like, semi-well done. I mean, he's, like, shouldering his way through a cement wall and, like, climbing over barbed wire and shit, which is cool, <laughs> but also preposterous. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, John Moxley. Come on, Dean Ambrose is going to go wrestle on the indie scene like immediately. So I guess he's not retiring. Guess he's not bored or burnt out. He's just yeah. burnt out of WWE. <laughs> and it's immediately showing his creative freedom where people were pausing the video trying to see what it was saying. Oh, and man. also the <laughs> also like the high caliber production, not forgetting that bit as well, where it's got a few people going, is it still a worker that's WWE? No. <laughs> no. The indie scenes are just much higher production than you think they are. <laughs> that's the way I put it. I mean, yeah. a $5,000 camera can produce that. And yeah. you know, some, some good video editing software. Like, you can make that at home <laughs> if you try hard enough. And, and I thought it, and then I can't remember, it was one of the news people who worked to do their site. It was either Satin or Sap or one of those. One of the S's. <laughs> they tweeted out uh, just with the, the thing, and I was like, oh, I was thinking that. Uh, the thing of um, the production was very similar to what we've seen with Joey Janela when he's done his own kind of high production stuff for his shows. And it seemed very similar, familiar, similar. And immediately people going, are we going to get Joey Janela versus Dean, Am- uh, versus Dean Ambrose? <laughs> like, that would be amazing. <laughs> See those two. Uh, but yeah, immediately after seeing that, all the dream matches suddenly came to my mind. Like, <laughs> For me, number one, if he doesn't sign with AEW, I would quite like to see him face Jimmy Havoc. That's not just because Jimmy Havoc is like the English veteran of the hardcore scene. But, yeah, John Moxley, obviously, if you know anything about Ambrose's roots, <laughs> he, yeah, he CZW or ZZW. 
I don't, how much was the American one? C. C is in Charlie. C. Is it C Z or C Z? C Z C Z W. C Z W. I found that really weird to say. But anyway, yes, <laughs> that's not the point of this. <laughs> yeah, so he's got Dean Ambrose has his kind of hardcore background in that company, and uh, him kind of going a little bit back to those roots, hence the barbed wire in blood. Uh, even if he doesn't go full mental like he kind of did back in his days, where he's maybe doing one or two kind of uh, things to help him through such pain. Even if he's a bit more tempered and doesn't go mental, he can still go up against these legends who are desperate to wrestle him, especially Jimmy Havoc, who is signed to AEW, so won't be available for that much longer. Same with Joe Janela. He's got this summer, and then he's signed to AEW. <laughs> so gonna, someone pointed out with AEW panic, sorry, with WWE panic signing, AEW about to start, and you've got the May Young Classic and things still coming, that, that you're going to see a lot of goodbyes in the indie scene <laughs> over this summer. So yeah, Dean Ambrose, WWE had either signed or was trying to sign Joey Ryan, too. Yeah, to which everyone immediately like, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I like, can't wait for the Joey Ryan versus Robert Roode feud. <laughs> I'm so excited for it. Uh, oh. so, so I think maybe the one thing AEW could do to get me to subscribe is signing Dean Ambrose. Ooh. So get Dean Ambrose in there, have him wrestling Kenny Omega. Get him wrestling, you know, the Young Bucks and all the all the big names that they have. Oh, my God, I would be excited. Other than that, I I honestly don't know. I'm I'm excited for them, and I hope they do really well. But, like, I don't know most of the New Japan guys. I've seen five Kenny Omega matches. I've seen the best and worst of Cody, and he's not fresh to me. So, like, I need to see a new mixture of things, either with Cody or with the guys that I, that I am not super familiar with. And this is a guy that could anchor that promotion and who would feel fresh because he was wasted for so, for so long. But for me, what AEW kind of signifies to me is something new, which both is exciting. It's like, Oh, something new. But then there's the other side of it of, well, there's nothing to measure it against. Because <laughs> it's new. Right. <laughs> so you don't oh, know how impact. you don't even count anymore. No, I don't count impact anymore. They're not, <laughs> I think I saw that they're streaming their either their pay-per-views or their regular shows or both on Twitch, though, which I think I mentioned a long time ago that I wanted to see. So that's awesome. I yeah. wish everyone did that. So they've been doing that for about a year, which was yeah. just – I don't know why they weren't doing that before Don Callis came in. <laughs> but they've been yeah, – he, yeah. he seems like he's turning it around at least a little bit. And they've just announced today, I think, a all the news is coming up today. Uh, they're starting a streaming service for, I think it was $8 a month. And it's got the you know, the whole back catalogue and you get the pay-per-views on it. So if you're interested, I don't know if it's available outside of the US because that thing with their Twitch thing is that means it's suddenly really easily available all around the world compared to like WWE Network, which was just America for a year. Then then <laughs> Europe got it. Then Asia got it. <laughs> so it's, yeah, with, with them doing their own service, that does then limit the amount of people that can get it until they're off Twitch. So interesting to see where that goes. But I personally probably wouldn't. <laughs> it does mean you can get their pay-per-views. Like, one of those people who tune in just for the big shows that they do, like uh, Slammiversary or Bound for Glory, that means you can now just get that for $8 rather than whatever it is on Fight. Just Fight is ridiculously expensive. <laughs> yeah, that is or, or the people that grew up with Impact and liked mm. it as an alternative, and you just want to go rewatch, you know, some glorious feuds or yeah. some, you know, AJ Samoa Joe matches from way back in the day. Yes, uh, Ricky and Clive reminded me of Jay Lethal versus Sean, Sanjay Dutt, which was just my... I loved that feud. <laughs> <laughs> One of them, like, 2007, I think it was, or 2008. Yes, that was my peak TNA fandom. 
And then it went downhill very quickly after that. Because <laughs> then came Hulk Hogan like two years later. <laughs> oh, dear. Ah. I didn't want to mention Hulk Hogan. Let's move on to uh, another story. Saudi Arabia and Hulk Hogan. Thank you. Oh, no problem. I'm here. I'm here to make everyone feel happy about uh, wrestling fandom. <laughs> Not to question any of the morality of it. He's filibustering because he didn't watch Raw. <laughs> uh, both in kayfabe and out of kayfabe. Wrestling is great if you don't think about it. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, so, yes, John Moxley, quite exciting to see what he does. Even if he doesn't go to AEW, uh, seeing Dean Ambrose with creative freedom wherever he is, is exciting. <laughs> it's so yeah. exciting. Yeah, so, and if you do watch the uh, the video that he has put out, I do recommend just uh, looking at it very quite carefully. As in, there's dice with the numbers two and five on them. Which oh, is, my God. The and there's, yeah, so, like only one hound chases him out of the <laughs> prison. It's like, oh, that's little things. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like God. that. Uh, but my immediate thought was the point only had the budget for one dog. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, my God, it's only one hound. <laughs> They're all coincidences. The dice coincidences. <laughs> all coincidences. That being said, I will gladly eat my words if he shows up at AEW. Oh, yeah. But, again, I'm perfectly happy if he just has creative freedom on the indie scene because I follow it enough where I'd get something out of that. <laughs> so, <coughs> uh, by that. Yeah, no, there's a quick cough. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> my, my tea's right here. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> so next story, I told you we weren't going to talk about Raw SmackDown that much. Nope. Uh, next up is Leo Rush. Let's keep an eye on the time so I know when to put an advert in. Leo Rush, uh, he spoke to uh, Sean Rossap of Fightful, and uh, he was talking about the because uh, there's rumours about backstage heat that him having that. Oh, and for like a year, yeah. Yes, and he refused to <laughs> sign a contract of three hundred thousand, and it would be for five, five years. years. Five years, and he refused <laughs> it, saying, "Give me double." To which I have to, which I have to commend. The best joke goes to at WWE Dream or is it R Dream? I can't remember. I followed her ages. She keeps bloody changing her name. <laughs> anyway, um, she made the best joke of, "Ah, oh, I guess that means it's double." Or nothing. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, best crap joke. <laughs> Thank uh, you. For that. Uh, as soon as I saw that, I had to, I had to tell it here. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> anyway, so Leah Rush spoke to Fightful, and he was talking about how his pay is below his travel costs, which is not a first story within WWE. And he's also talking about that he's got to do that and support a family with where he's got two kids, which is. Like, not great when your bank account's going down or you've not got enough to support both of them and in, in, you've got having issues. But, yeah, so Leo Rush, some people have spoken about support of him and there's been a lot of quiet. And there's, one of the comments he was saying is, like, he's surprised there's, that with some of the politics things backstage, like Leo Rush was saying there's one person who he knew from before WWE didn't like him, but he's one person backstage. He won't drop names because he's not that big of a dick. <laughs> but... One person wants to be the back of him, and that's kind of where this is. A lot of the rumours are coming from, where some of the talent don't really feel the same. So it's I don't. It's one of those things where he's he's given a speaking to, and Sean uh, Mustafa is really good at giving both sides to the story. So he got comments from within WWE as well. But it's that thing of this is not it's reason to take his words kind of a bit more. Is this is not the first time. Like Mark Henry talked about the bullshit back in the late 90s because he had to house The Rock because The Rock didn't have money to 
the state's aware. So he grabbed with Mark Henry. And then there were talks of uh, Shane Douglas as well, where he was struggling as well, where he wasn't making enough money to both travel everywhere and things. Uh, there was somebody who was expected to fly in his entire family. Oh, it was JTG. That was it. <laughs> That's why I couldn't remember who it was. Yeah, JTG was expected to fly in his family for WrestleMania, and he was on, like, cheap jobber salary. Right. So he said, this is not a new thing. If it was a new thing, you'd be like, oh, it's, it may be the heat's real or something. But no, it's not. There is a history of this. So his, his words have a lot more gravity to them. <laughs> and especially in this time where WWE became under fire, thanks to John Oliver, there's a bit more scrutiny and fans aren't being as lenient or leaning back as much. We're being a lot more aggressive with our questions here, especially now that there is an alternative on the horizon. And there's alternatives anyway, like New Japan, and you've got uh, the internet where it's full of the indie scene. The internet's been fantastic for that. The wrestling is in a great state. WWE isn't. <laughs> so them do think stories like this, it's not great for WWE. But yeah, Brian, do you... Because number one, fuck, first of all, fuck Leo Rush. He's a douchebag. <laughs> like, his, his shit about Emma when she uh, left WWE, like, oh, he yeah. massive yeah. blowback for that. I'm just reading, rereading the article right now, but like Peyton Royce and Bray Wyatt both laying into him a bit, talking about being a professional. So, for starters, he's just a jerk. So, fuck him. Uh, but secondly, yeah, it is bullshit that someone is expected as an independent contractor, which is garbage, go watch that John Oliver piece, it's amazing, expected to make a living for him and his family on $60,000 a year, when he has to pay for all of his travel, all of his healthcare, all of his everything, no 401k, none of that, because you're an independent contractor who can't take <laughs> independent dates, so how are you an independent contractor? Anyway, that's all of the John Oliver piece, so that's bullshit, and locking yourself in for five years would be a stupid decision. He might be a jerk, but at least he's not an idiot. Hmm. But then number three, I mean, at the same time, people who are not the best in their industry don't get paid much. Like, you're, you're not Seth Rollins. You're not Brock Lesnar. You're not going to get the multi-million dollar contract, right? Like, you're dispensable. You're not putting on five-star classics to anybody. Not that you're being given a chance to, but you're not doing it. So what exactly did you expect? I mean, yeah, I think the thing, the thing that gets me is that uh, the amount he was being paid – as in, they're not covering his expenses at all. As in, at least yeah. if, when you work for business, you expect your expenses to at least be covered with your wage. Didn't we see, like, two weeks ago, uh, a couple of news articles saying the average NXT superstar salary was, like, 80 grand? So they're like offering that, yeah. him less than an average NXT <laughs> salary. What and, the hell? And then they like him enough to offer, offer him five years with 300000 to which he's like, no, that's what you're <laughs> meant to be paying me. <laughs> give, yeah. me give me an actual raise here. <laughs> that number is like part-time, I'm only a manager money. That's not mm. like full-time on-the-road wrestler money. So, yeah. I mean, is he misunderstanding his role? I don't understand. <laughs> well, apparently they don't get great for uh, their kind of house show pay either because, of course, attendances are down. WWE, as far as I know from the last one, their live shows are losing money because they're not making it back. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah that, that's yeah. also the thing, right? So you don't just make your salary. You also make merchandise and a piece of the house shows that you work well, on. That's but the other, that's the, that's but the if other. you don't have any merchandise yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and your house shows are way down, mm. how are you going to make that money back up? And there's the other thing as well. That, um, he, the other point he brought up with Sean Rossap was that he 
like with Lashley, he is, uh, I don't know how involved Lashley was, but the catchphrases that Leo Rush has come up with, he gets nothing for those shirt sales. Not a single percent. Nice. And he's like, that is bullshit. <laughs> so I think, because I could a lot of people came to was kind of similar to what you kind of said there, that, yeah, he might be a bit of a dick, but he's raised some pretty important points. <laughs> like, his points aren't null. <laughs> like, he's right, it is bullshit that their travel cars aren't covered. He's right, it is bullshit that a catchphrase that he came up with, he gets nothing. <laughs> I mean, and, I had to Google yeah. it because it was just occurring to me, but uh, it's like on The Wire. When they when they're hanging around on the benches, a couple of the the kids hanging out. Hmm. Mike Michael C Jordan or Michael B Jordan. Oh, Michael B like, Jordan. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> you, the dude that invented the chicken nugget. You think he's a billionaire? No, <laughs> he's still working in the basement somewhere, not making any money because the ideas you come up with are owned by the company, not by hmm. you. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. There's so many stories off that. Of people. <laughs> <laughs> Especially manufacturing. That's drifting off a bit, <laughs> but it kind of fits in there. But the other thing is, they only give wrestlers like 5%. I think that's what the story was Lashley gets. He gets 5% of his merch sales. What? So, so they were saying, like, you can't add at least one billion rush. ludicrous. So, yeah. Uh, if something like, as a, again, a lot of factors of WWE, suddenly you realize they can't, <laughs> op- they, they can't operate that in what's becoming a more and more, I guess, social policy in America. Not to go too far into the wider story, but it's leaning that way. Like within over this next century, <laughs> things are leaning more and more social, kind of like Europe are. And I mean, WWE, I'm, uh, I'm not surprised in the slightest that yeah. WWE's profits have skyrocketed and that their mm. stock prices have skyrocketed. And then all these stories come out about how they're destroying their wrestlers and not paying anyone. I'm real mm. shocked that those two things are going hand <laughs> in hand. What a surprise! <laughs> And, of course, the Saudi Arabia... That, that's my immediate question. Is the Saudi Arabia thing is for 10 years. So far, it's brought nothing but bad PR. And, as well the as the money. Yeah, and the money, obviously. <laughs> However, when those 10 minutes have ended, is it worth the PR damage? Like, what happened after those 10 years? Obviously, Fox. They got the Fox deal, but will that still be intact with the Saudi Arabia and the dropping numbers? The dropping numbers would be their more, most important thing at Fox, actually. They won't care about morality. Yeah, they proven I mean, and who knows what those contracts actually say? They don't say, hey, we're 10 years, $50 billion. They're 5,000 pages. There are going to be so many escape clauses mm. on both sides. Like, if your ratings go below 1.5, we can terminate the contract. I guarantee yeah. there's a clause like that in there somewhere with some set of numbers. And you know what? It's impossible to correlate, like, taking the Saudi Arabia deal and then ratings dropping. You don't know what's causing what exactly, but mm. it's not helping, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like in terms of like, why someone would boycott like the Saudi Arabia thing, that's an immediate thing of, yes, I can see why you would do that. <laughs> it just it was, makes all the sense in the world. Why if you want to te- go away from the WWE network, if you want to no longer watch any of the television, totally understand. It's, it's totally understandable. Like If I didn't cover this on here or in Columbus or whatever, I would have stopped watching Raw a long time before I did. <laughs> so, kind of a hint that I've not watched it this week. <laughs> but uh, that, That's the other thing as well. When we get to it, I guess in a way, it doesn't help that the quality of the shows isn't improving on top of the morality things, and that was the end point for me for the Saudi Arabia thing. The end message of it all as well is that on top of the morality things, which already make you question you watching them, they're not 
fun to watch. You don't enjoy them. <laughs> so you've got a it's a double <laughs> double sucker punch. <laughs> right. It's, it's not like, like yeah. nineteen ninety nine WWE going to Saudi Arabia and you're mm. like, Ooh, I really like Stone Cold and they have a really cool story going right now. But on the other hand it's Saudi Arabia, uh, I don't know. It's like, man, I gotta sit through <laughs> Triple H and Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker and Kane and mm. it's in Saudi Arabia. Like what what is my perk here? What is the <laughs> upside? It's like I was already dangling off the cliff, but now I'm holding myself on with, like, just my pinky finger. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, a, it's a double sucker punch, and it's kind of like, I don't understand why the numbers are going down like they are. Yeah, but it's it like you're holding on with your pinky, but you're holding on to, like, barbed wire. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really have no incentive to keep hanging on here. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're Dean Ambrose when he wrestles Jimmy Havoc. It's going to happen. Oh. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> 69 tax. <laughs> uh, of course, yeah, Jericho's an AW. And now it's reunion. But yeah, so we've kind of fallen into our kind of the next news topic of the low viewership ratings. So this week was WWE once again breaking their record low numbers uh, with SmackDown Live dipping below 2 million to 1.8. And Raw down to, like, the edge of 2 million, Oof. which is like, oh, that TNA numbers are too low on Monday's numbers. Remember when people <laughs> were freaking yeah. out at 3 million? Mm. Yeah, that was, and now we're down to, like, 1.8 and 2 point. Well, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the thing, because TV numbers are skyrocketing down, but not at this speed. So WWE are being really wise on, like, adapting to the internet culture pretty quickly. Like WD Network is a genius idea. Uh, Which is also down, apparently. Ah, right. Well, again, that doesn't surprise me with a mixture of quality and <laughs> morality. <laughs> it's gonna From happen. Last year's WrestleMania to this year's WrestleMania, it's down like 5 or 10%. Yeah. Also, also not nothing. Uh, maybe people have caught on to the it's free for a month idea. <laughs> so they just joined for the, like, some of them on WrestleMania or something. Uh, but yeah, so the numbers are, like, bad down. As, in, as I just said, their spike TNA numbers. This is not. <laughs> this is not. And then this is. We are on the edge of cancelling you on spike, kind of stuff. It's not I great. I the executives at Fox are like, man, why did we sign this contract? <laughs> we well, haven't that, even taken it over yet, and it is plummeting. <laughs> well, that brings my favourite fact <laughs> that came out this week. Uh, tweeted by Curve, our friend Curve, or outside. I think it's at outside the Curve. Um, he uh, made a really good point. Jinder Mahal as WWE champion now officially has better TV ratings than Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch as champions. It's official. <laughs> He's a better draw. Yeah, <laughs> clearly, we got to put the belts back on Charlotte and Roman. Yeah, <laughs> Charlotte and Roman and their Jinder challenging. <laughs> yeah, it all makes Oh my God, and Jinder. Oh. <laughs> uh, that, that was uh, once upon a time. Uh, at that, at going into that Survivor Series, that like, the top two push guys were Jinder Mahal and Shane McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, what uh, are you doing? Some uh, things have changed, some have not. Yes, <laughs> Jinder Mahal has changed. Shane McMahon <laughs> is still in main event programs. <laughs> Best in that? the world. Oh, that's that's one of those things where I'm looking at it, going, this would be so good with a modern wrestler. <laughs> Why did change? Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But yes, so I, I love that that just that Jinder Mahal actually drew better ratings than these two. Obviously. That is a joke. We know Jinder Mahal is not solely responsible <laughs> for those ratings. But still, it paints a picture of how badly things have gotten. We're at everyone is below Jinder levels now. 
<laughs> not great. Uh, again, some there is some quality there, and if you pump out quality well, WWE shows back in '97, if you slowly pump out quality over a certain amount of time, the fans will come back. It's just, yeah. it's just that they're not doing that. And more at three hours, even when it's good, is just I, I, I fatigue at the end of that second hour slash start of the third. I'm ready for it to end, and I know it's not going to for an hour. <laughs> I mean, oh, the good yeah. part about Hulu, the bad part is when they cut out, mm. you know, interesting, important matches like, you know, the Revival wrestling or the Usos wrestling. But the good part is I don't have to sit through three hours. I sit through like 90 minutes. Which is, yeah, but SmackDown, I watched, I watched SmackDown this week and it yeah, went by fine, even if it wasn't the highest quality show. I was still able to get through it and kind of still enjoyed it. <laughs> it wasn't a chore to get through. Which is why I recommend anyone just don't watch Raw. <laughs> if, yeah. really want to... if Raw was on the level of SmackDown, they wouldn't be hemorrhaging viewers. Yeah, that would be. SmackDown yeah. is also losing viewers, so what does that say? Yeah, so that, that's the next question for WWE, I reckon. That, that's my fear for Fox is they will see USA's uh, numbers from the abs that they get for that third hour, and they'll go, We want a third hour as well. To which I'm like, but They ah. keep going down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They make so I mean, much money from that third hour, but as an actual viewer, it's not quality. The thing <laughs> is, even if it's better than the alternative, so like a third hour of Raw is higher than a third hour of whatever CSI rerun you were going to run, mm-hmm. like you're still degrading the other two hours to the extent that you might be losing more people from those first two hours than you're making up by having the third hour's difference between Raw and CSI, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. You might just be hurting the show by having three hours, even if those third-hour ratings are better than what you were going to do. So, come on, just roll it back. Yeah, that's my thing as well. They can take, especially with the Saudi Arabia deal, they can take the hit. You can give Leo his 1% on his merch. <laughs> <laughs> they got the money. Oh, that was the other thing with the healthcare thing as well. It's like, have you seen the amount of money they're getting from this deal? It's like, even the NFL supplies their players now with healthcare stuff and like well especially for their retired um players as well even the nfl (laughs) if they're independent contractors why can't they print their own shirts and sell them at the arena and why hebner get fired all those years ago (laughs) (laughs) oh that's a different old reference (laughs) anyway then there's one more piece of news before i get into it the scheduling not idiocy of wwe so I am generally interested how many people will be at this arena. So I'm assuming you've seen this, Vern, being a fan like me. Uh, Money in the Bank is scheduled for June something. I'm not paying it. I think it's May something. I can't remember. I'm not, I don't care enough to really know. It's in like three weeks, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is the same date as the Game of Thrones finale. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Who uh, is going to be in that arena? That's <laughs> funny. Uh well, as in, like, um, like we were just we were trying to see who was going to cover it for Laws of Pain, and like, no one wanted to cover it. <laughs> like, 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 no. We'll fly you out. No. <laughs> like, it's the same night as the Game of Thrones finale. Us English folk, we do like a lockdown. It's like me and Plan, we both do an internet lockdown, <laughs> like for 24 hours. They're like off Twitter, off everything. Like for these six weeks, I've not been posting my columns on a Monday because, <laughs> like, no Game of Thrones. I'm not going on the internet until I've seen it. <laughs> Which is yeah. like, I think when they I get don't release ratings for pay-per-views. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, be int- I don't know if they ever do re- like release the numbers of people who actually watch the thing, like Netflix kind of do. No, they never do. They never do. Uh, there might be a reason, or Netflix are normally they're often stingent on it themselves. To be fair, 
on their numbers. Netflix doesn't either, because why would they? They're competing with themselves at this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's another point. There isn't really a competitor for that market for WWE. But that was Impact. They can them against Impact. But, yes, still, Money in the Bank is on at the same time as Game of Thrones. That's just... Hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, like, this has been known for a while. <laughs> they put this date in stone quite a long time ago for Game of Thrones. <laughs> like, Maybe they think there's just no overlap, but that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm interested to see, like, who watches it live and who's even there live. Because <laughs> so many adults will be, like, just m- making their kids cry, going, no, I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> the kids are like, I want to see Roman. No. I need to see if Cersei can die or not. <laughs> it's not that well. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows I mean, speaking of Money in the Bank, did you see the competitors for both Money in the Bank matches? Yeah. So this was my next thing to kind of get through. Uh, I kind of joked before we came live that Raw has brought the beef, <laughs> which, which my favorite thing about the Superstar shakeup was that they introduced all these smaller wrestlers to Raw, like Cesaro. Where, and Cedric Alexander, where it's like, oh, well, this makes sense, because that means you don't have to put all your big lads in the Money in the Bank match. You can put in these guys who will like, benefit from being in this match and then give the singles match like you've done to Roman. You can do that with Strowman or something, and then you look at them going, let's put the big lads in anyway. <laughs> what was the point? <laughs> I mean, some. Like, does Corbin count? Because my boy is in the match. Ricochet's in the match, and he hasn't done anything. Yeah, but then Strowman and, like, for me, that's... Andrade, Ali... Like, like in terms of people who could actually win, like McIntyre is up there. I will give him that. I mean, he's but it's just the fact, favorite. the fact that there's three big lads who spot-wise probably aren't going to offer that much. <laughs> it's interesting that they didn't use they only used one small lad when they drafted quite a few small lads, or someone like Cesaro, who's great in versatile matches like this. They have Ricochet, Ali, Finn, and Andrade. Like, those guys are going to be running around doing crazy shit. Oh, yeah. I just meant from, like, a raw side. Like, they put one oh, tricky lad in, and then three beef. Yeah, and then three beefy beef beef. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of wording you read my columns for. <laughs> it's a top class. <laughs> but, yes, Money in the Bank. Uh, the initial reaction from what I saw on Twitter was quite a few people kind of complaining, just like, oh, that's not very exciting for Money in the Bank. And then, of course, SmackDown brought the flips and stuff, so that's fine. They brought the excitement. You've got enough, like you were saying, there's enough people in there to create excitement, and really, for me, two big lads is, like, the best number. Like, um, when they had Kane and Mark Henry, that worked, having those two big lads in it. For me, that's the number. When Once you put three in there, it's like it's one too many. It feel, that's just my personal opinion. Money in the Bank has worked best with two big lads and then loads of guys trying to kill themselves. <laughs> yeah. I mean, eight people in general is just too many. I think the original was six, right? So yes. Eight well, is just so fucking many. Five and just a mystery person where no one knows who he is. Just some random Canadian lad that no one knows who he is. Just I also eight. really just think they shouldn't have championship matches on the night of Money in the Bank. The two Money in the Bank mm. matches just should be the main event. Mm. The, it, the pay-per-view is named after it. <laughs> I think the moment that CM Punk one happened, that kind of cemented it in stone. It was like, no, there's going to be championship matches every Money in the Bank now, <laughs> thanks to CM Punk at the start of this decade. I can't think of another memorable one since 2011. <laughs> that memory's not that great with Money in the Bank. Uh, who was it? Was it Orton or Kane that cashed in like the same night that they won it? Oh, the beat uh, Lil Ray Ray. Kane? 
Yeah, Kane played Ray, didn't he? Because he was doing... It, it was the Who Hurt My Brother. <laughs> <laughs> so I liked that. and it's, it, That was good cheesy, I did thought. Did Dean too? <laughs> Dean did it as well. Oh, yeah, in that amazing Every Shield member holds the title guy. <laughs> in five yeah. minutes, yeah. So, yeah, I said I could. I was struggling to think of a memorable title thing in on Money in the Bank. Obviously, that one, yeah, I could immediately just take away that statement. That was a, that was actually a fantastic booking. And uh, John Cena, Kevin Owens, where the fans stood up and applauded, like, for the first time for Kevin Owens. Like, that That was an awesome moment. Not a title match, but still an awesome, awesome moment on the card as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, also, just keep in mind, when you have the Money in the Bank matches happen before any of the championship matches, everyone's going to be disappointed with the championship matches unless the Money in the Bank winner cashes in that night. Yes. Uh, so that, that's the men's one. Do you want to talk about the women or the women's one? Uh, sure, the women's one's way more interesting than the men's one. Because I feel like it's so open, unless they just go with Alexa Bliss. <laughs> it feels <laughs> like a very open field where any of them could win. They could really use this to elevate someone, which then means immediately go, oh, they're giving it to Alexa Bliss again, aren't they? You, <laughs> like, can't give it to Ale- you can't give it to the person who's the most opportunistic out of all these people. That's just too obvious. Also, the best part about Alexa Bliss from what I've seen is she's both face and heel at different parts of the same show. <laughs> show. Big show. Uh, so you have no idea who she's going to cash in on. <laughs> it could be anyone. Because <laughs> she's both face and... Well, actually, no, because Becky's got all the belts. So there's only one person she could possibly cash in on. I think uh, you should just give it to Dana Brooke and like have her try to cash in every week and just get stomped every week <laughs> for like three months. But then she actually wins it. <laughs> there you go. Great story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like the person who could be elevated the most is probably Ember Moon but yep. for me Ember Moon actually being on the show is an elevation yeah. she's just, they just don't use her <laughs> like why she's like really good <laughs> yeah they've given <laughs> her a couple her. weird promo segments lately she was injured for a while so you know let it let it go in that regard mm. but now you have Ember Moon in the main event quote unquote and now you don't have Oscar. what the fuck <laughs> yeah, really weird. <laughs> uh, it's like as uh, soon as Daniel Bryan turns heel, Miz switches shows. Because <laughs> that's the thing of uh, does Becky? Where does she go once she loses her two belts? Like, does she stay on SmackDown where she is a wrestler, or does she switch to Raw? Because Raw feels a bit weird without a top star like her. I mean, Unless I assume it... she's going to lose both belts in the same night. It's just not going to be this night. Oh yeah, well, don't put that past WWE. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel well, like I would assume she's yeah. not going to be a single belt champion anymore. It's going to be yeah. Zero, zero. Yeah, I feel like well, yeah, when she loses them, she's losing them both. That could be SummerSlam, or it could be in a one-week thing where she defends on Raw and SmackDown and loses them. Something maybe like that. Uh, she's defending them, or it could be like this one where she's defending them on both nights, and there's an outside circumstance which means that she loses the belt. Something like that. There's a plane going over my house. I do apologize if you hear a jet engine type of noise. Can't hear it. <laughs> Good. Good microphone. Uh, I hope... No, you know what she needs to do? She needs to have an open challenge on Raw where Shayna comes out and kicks her ass and takes the belt. And then she goes on SmackDown and has an open challenge, and Shayna comes out and kicks her ass and takes the other belt. (laughs) Does it twice. I like if she does... If if they're desperate on bringing up the horsewomen, she can do it one night by herself, and then the next night she just doesn't even try and uses the horsewomen. (laughs) It just becomes... (laughs) Completely crap on it, <laughs> but yes, I mean, I, for me, I'm I'm just with you that I want Baszler to be pushed. Like what they've done to Lacey Evans, where when once they've won- actually let her be in a storyline, it's like immediately to the top. Like that's what Shayna Baszler should be. Lacey Evans for me feels like she's a 
character. Like she's a really strong character. It feels weird where something is such a strong character which kind of needs time to get over and to actually explain the character to you. Like they're doing with Bray Wyatt, they're taking the time to explain the fucker. <laughs> it's really weird. You mean just walking down the ramp and waving and leaving for three months doesn't count as character development? <laughs> yeah, who who would have thought they would understand <laughs> any of her motives? Well, you know uh, what they should do? They should have hmm. swapped to Bray and Lacey Evans. Just have Bray do like the catwalk thing and then have Lacey do the firefly thing. <laughs> Uh, I was like, uh, Burn did message me just saying, like, when the weird kids show thing is your best <laughs> part of your three-hour show, either something is brilliant or really wrong. <laughs> I love Firefly Funhouse so much. It is the best thing WWE's done in a long time. It's so great. <laughs> like, whilst my thing, I'll, I'll just watch it on YouTube. <laughs> I'm not going to put it myself yeah. for three hours. <laughs> True story. Yeah. Even if they do, like, the clickbait title for it, which, I guess it's, it's weird. I don't know why the, the title for the Bray Wyatt thing was Bray Wyatt draws draw surprising picture. It's like, why are you pick baiting it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of like where they're going with this. <laughs> it's just, I think I described I him. I described, so I described him like a Dexter villain last week, and I feel like it's got that on the face of it, nice and cheerful, but behind of it, he's, he is like the, the sociopath word of the week. <laughs> I really that. don't know how they're going to loop it back into being a wrestling character. Yeah, I don't know how would, they're going to yeah. bring that together, but so far I'm just loving the segment, so I don't care. Is it just Bray Wyatt in a sweater vest? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he different. and Corbin can be a tag team. <laughs> the sweater vest and the suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that, and that's all that... that I was trying to think, like, do we like to simplify their characters? And that's kind of what they could be. <laughs> Corbin's the suit. Oh, and he's the cheeky sweater vest. Oh. Speaking of my boy Corbin, since you didn't watch Raw, at the, mm. the mandatory Monday Night Raw clusterfuck, he came out after Braun and uh, McIntyre and Ricochet, and he got the biggest reaction out of all of them. <laughs> oh, because it's the massive heat. Yeah, so yeah, it's like, so yeah. funny reading a bunch of other, you know, internet wrestling fans and writers, and, like, people legitimately don't want – these people, anyway – claim they just don't want to see him, they don't want him on Raw. That's not what the crowd say. Yeah, that that's kind of my view as well, is they will say so, – some of them don't take the crowd into account, or they look down on the crowd for reacting to it, but that is the entire point of wrestling, <laughs> in a way. The TV side, in a way, second – to the live crowd, obviously that's yeah. changed in the recent times a bit, but the core of it is getting a response from that crowd, and Corbin gets a response from that crowd, and his current card position, for me, is perfectly fine. Yep, it's, and yeah. he lost this week to McIntyre after McIntyre talked some shit to him, which was great, clowned him, and then beat him, so great. Yeah. I mean, he didn't win, <laughs> but he knocked Corbin out, and then Corbin lost, so, you know, yeah. it worked out, and the nice, it's nice having a heel gets his ass kicked pretty regularly you know you can win yeah. two weeks and then lose one week and win two weeks and lose one week and you know it's not 50 50 booking but it's also putting over the face when they win and you're really cheering cheering against that heel you know it's not like shane who keeps sneak attacking and beating all the faces even though he's not even a real fucking wrestler <laughs> oh, I, just, I, I saw a gif of his punches on me <laughs> just like like, well, why are they still doing this? Obviously, because he's a McMahon. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, his punches are... they, Especially when he's a heel, the punches just draw me right out of it. Like, when he's a face, for some reason, that make, doesn't make them as bad. But when you're meant to believe the menacing emotions he's feeling behind the punches, 
No. <laughs> and you didn't get to see his amazing triangle headlock with oh, uh, Mrs. with Mrs. Dad up on the Titantron that they only like briefly showed from like side angles. So weird. <laughs> Who fucking produced that? Kevin Dunn. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, it's weird. I don't. That's, that's the thing because a lot of people will like crap on Kevin Dunn for a lot of stuff, but there's so much he gets right that it's really weird that he's got these weird ticks. <laughs> that's just, that just so production-wise wrong, and it's just, it's really weird. I don't. It, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Some in some lights, I look at Kevin Dunn very in a very good light, and in others, it's just like, what are you doing, <laughs> you weird man? <laughs> you weird. Sorely coked up, man. <laughs> so the only other thing to talk about on Rise, the contract signing, the main oh, event yeah. contract signing, which of course I haven't seen the ratings yet, but I'm sure they fucking cratered. Yeah, you announced your main event as a fucking contract signing. Wow, how exciting! This is exactly what I watch professional wrestling for. <laughs> That's what I saw from uh, Twitter. Which is that this that thing of like I got I'm, I'm tuning out even though I'm watching it kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, and then you know it ends up being AJ saying, "Oh, you know, I've liked you for a long time. We've known each other for a long time, but I think Brock kind of kicked your ass and you're broke down. And what do you have left in the tank?" And Seth's like, "But I'm Seth Rollins." And then he eats a phenomenal forearm through a table, and that's it. Cool, <laughs> cool story. That was worth 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, I saw the news and I was just like. Uh, like on Twitter because they'll hype it up and kind of things and that's what makes me laugh is their Twitter account will be reacting to it like they're a real person <laughs> I don't like that <laughs> and it's I'm just oh here we go here's the numbers 1.8 for hour 3 wow what? <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, that is not good <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it says in the 18 to 49 demographic, but that's like kind of the key measurement used. So, <laughs> yeah, still that. I was trying to say uh, YouTube things. Uh, we got 1.72 million on the YouTube watchers, so I guess that's not too bad. But, uh, yeah. Oh, the, the, yeah, Alexa Bliss's Money in the Bank reveal, only 500,000, <laughs> which is pretty yeah. low for WWE. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I don't mean to keep plugging in. But he raised a really good point of when was the last time, like you see with the Dean Ambrose, how much traction that's got. Like the amount of uh, Facebook comments on the Laws of Pain post, are like last time I checked, it was like around 900 comments and things with the Dean Ambrose video on just on the Facebook post, never mind the Laws of Pain itself, which is that tells you how excited people are. But so much that raised the point of like when was the last time anything WWE did got anywhere that amount of <laughs> in, like, engagement? <laughs> the engagement's a, a good sign. Especially when that engagement, like the tone of it, like the Sonic movie got great engagement. Oh <laughs> what he was saying, what <laughs> he was saying was, like, "Oh my God, what have you done to his teeth?" <laughs> that kind of thing. I mean, hey, let's 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 talk about engagement here and just skip over to NXT for a second. Uh, your boy Kushida debuted. Yeah, boy. Yes, I retweeted my column that I posted back in the tournament about farewell Junior Prince. <laughs> yeah. So, so let me start. And then you can tell me why I'm wrong, but I was not impressed in the slightest with this guy. So, he, I mean, he seems like a good professional wrestler who's been wrestling for, you know, 12 years. He seems mildly athletic. He's not, you know, phenomenally athletic. He's not, yeah. He's, he's got a couple kicks that are like kickball kicks or kicks that we've seen from other people. He's got a couple, you know, 
baseball-esque looking moves that, you know, you're talking to an American who realizes baseball is a dying sport. And well, not in Japan. In the 70s, but not <laughs> yeah. in Japan. So there it's really popular. But here, nobody gives a shit that you do baseball moves. Uh, and your, your little, like, throw punch thingy just looks like, you know, CM Punk's entrance or Seth Rollins' entrance or any of the other guys that do a little fist out, you know, Batista's entrance, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I didn't, I just didn't see anything special. He, I mean, I assume he doesn't speak a lot of English or, you know, they would have given um, him a mic to, to cut some promos. As far as I've seen, he's kind of like Shinsuke where he's pretty decent. He just obviously will have to work on the, I guess the timing of the delivery. Cause that's, that's the other difference when you don't speak the language first is you can speak it perfectly fine. It's just, can you get in terms of engaging a crowd with a promo? Can you get the timing of the delivery right? Which that seems to be the biggest issue, especially when like Japanese is like speaking in blocks. <laughs> you have to break that for English. Yeah. It's not easy to do. Uh, and, with then, a, and then his finisher. So after after he gets uh, yeah, ass kicked by Ono, right? Like takes that <laughs> massive elbow to the back of the head, uh, that electric chair into the face <laughs> slam that like looked like it broke his nose. He's just getting his ass kicked all over the place. He does like this little hurricane rana into like an anaconda vice or whatever the hell it was, and that's his finisher, and he wins with it. Cool. You know, faces with submission finishers always get over really well. <laughs> so uh, so I'll just do the bullet points of what I thought as well. Uh, so that was Bernie who's not seen him before, I'm assuming. So and I'm not biased, yeah. Me, I have watched so much Kushida, I know everything he can do. <laughs> just, I've, he was the ace of their junior division, so their cruiserweights, but like as if they were taken seriously and sometimes main event shows and things. I think they're main eventing tomorrow's show. Shit, there's a show tomorrow morning. <laughs> I'm not watching that live. <laughs> there's there's a, a New Japan show tomorrow, coincidentally, where their junior division is main eventing. Dragon Lee versus somebody. Somebody good. <laughs> I was excited about it. I'm just forgetting it now at 2 a.m., which is fine. I'm allowed to do that. You're just not a real fan. That's fine. <laughs> I've, been, I've been out of it. Like I, I made the image on Monday for the column. I was just like, I'm realizing I don't think I've watched New Japan in like two months or something. Like, yes, my my brother did get married, and that did take away quite a lot of my free time, <laughs> which that, to me that seemed understandable. But yeah, I've been quite out of New Japan, and now I'm out of WWE. I'm getting back in New Japan, <laughs> so it's a nice trade-off. But anyway, so I've watched a lot of Kushida, and my number one, I had two big fears. One. WWE would feel a bit embarrassed to go full on in on the Back to the Future stuff, which Japan, they don't give a shit about teasing us like that. Like at Metal Kingdom more than once, his entrance has involved somebody dressing up as Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome, but people here just might think it's Rick and Morty. That's a fair point. Yes, quite. <laughs> well, especially his latest entrance. I don't know if you saw gifts of it, but it was like a big head Kushida where it was it, it was like a kid wearing a big head of Kushida, and then he he got time warped into Kushida himself. <laughs> it was just like that's wow. totally and right out of Rick and Morty. <laughs> Weirdness. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my fear was they'd be a bit bad by that trying to tone it down a bit, whilst he's still wearing his Marty Sly jacket, he's still doing the time stuff. As, as he said, the CM Punk thing, that's a Back to the Future thing for him, because separating that if they do dull down the Back to the Future stuff, like you were saying, it just becomes somebody else is pointing out a watch on their wrist, which is <laughs> no different to a lot of other people, but for Kushida, it fit the Back to the Future stuff. Right. <laughs> it makes, it fits his gimmick with that part, but when they dull that down, yeah, it's just, yeah, another guy to watch. My other worry, 
His wrestling style is very Japanese. And it really works in Japan. It's really worked in Ring of Honor, which made him may probably made him think it might work in WWE. But I'm a little bit worried that it won't. It's <laughs> just because of how Japanese his kind of matches feel. Like with the slow start and then you've got the kicks to the arm kind of thing and that's your setup for your finisher as well. Yeah. So like it's very Japanese in its execution and I feel like he's gonna have to change quite a bit to fit. Like he's not Nakamura where he was overly eccentric. It's not Ibushi where he's like both in- like incredibly athletic and eccentric. Ibushi's just the perfect wrestler. <laughs> it's not really <laughs> better for anyone. <laughs> uh, he wasn't Hideo either. Yeah, like, Hideo as well. Yeah. Hideo Hideo got screwed by his injuries and the fact that he debuted and then a week later Finn Balor debuts and just overshadows mm. everyone. But yeah. <laughs> I mean Hideo was awesome and mm. his style fit WWE a lot better than you know this one week of Kushida did. Like, mm. Hideo's out there just throwing nasty kicks and trying to set the GTO, which everyone at least knows what it is, and it's an awesome finisher. <laughs> mm. Well, Kushida is a very smart wrestler. That makes sense. He will do little things during the match which you might just miss, or it will seem quite low-key or whatever. Uh, I will forgive the ending where they didn't seem like... Because uh, I've seen him do that before, where the hook and runner looks really crisp, and then when he lands into the lock, it looks really awesome because it kind of times it perfectly with the person falling down to the mat with a slam. And uh, it, yeah, I've seen him do it better. He did seem to have his fa- face smashed in, <laughs> so maybe he was not quite a hundred percent trying to do that. So maybe I'll forgive him for that. Like I've seen him do the uh, jumping off the top rope and uh, the hook and runner, the head scissors off the top rope into the Kamora lock, and that is awesome when he does it. He's also got a off-the-shoulders move to use for a different way to win as well. can't remember what it's called. Something to do with the future or time or something. <laughs> All of his stuff is to do with Back to the Future or baseball. That's basically what he is. He's a baseball player that was in Back to the Future and he, <laughs> who did a bit of MMA. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm not writing him off after one week. I just didn't see oh, yeah. literally anything special. And after the hype of the last month that people be like, this is the mm. biggest signing in NXT history. It's like, motherfucker, I was here when they signed Shinsuke. You know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Kushida isn't the biggest signing NXT I've ever made. <laughs> just to put that up right off the bat. <laughs> like, he's not the biggest, biggest this year. He's a surprising signing. He is a, he is a big signing, but not the biggest. Uh, but yeah, I, oh yeah, I'm in your boat where... I was, cause I'm, I was waiting for the presentation as well. I was like, his theme music for me was going to be a big one. And immediately I was like, that's a theme song that could be used in WWE 2K just as a random, you can use it on anyone yeah, kind of thing. That's totally fair. I thought it was really yeah. weird. It didn't add to his character at all. It could have been anyone's theme music. <laughs> and, and the <laughs> countdown from 10 to 1. Nice work there, Jericho. <laughs> but he had two numbers on the screen on each lens. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Uh, I liked the different lighting stuff. The kind of um, it was like the flashing lights, and then it, when he got onto the ring, look at his watch. It kind of zoomed. It did different lighting. I thought that that fit. Just the music didn't. The actual entrance seemed fine. It's just the music went along with it. Didn't add to it. It in a way it subtracted from it. So his entrance was a little bit off because of that. Like it doesn't tell you anything about his character. Which like Shinsuke's music, a hundred percent told you about his character. <laughs> Finn Balor, Hideo Itami, <laughs> Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, even Cassius Ono, who he faced. His theme music is so much to the core of his character. Kushida, I just didn't feel that at all. It was like a like he had imported him onto WWE 2K and just used the theme. <laughs> it's it not quite right. Uh, but in terms of the actual wrestling, 
I have seen what he can offer, and yeah, that did seem like maybe a bit knocked off with his in, with the facial bash, and maybe a bit of nerves as well, or consciously trying to adapt to the style. Because we've seen that before as well. Like even even CM Punk had it where he was in OVW, was it back then? I want to say yes. Where when he was learning that WWE style, there was a bit of a transition period to quite get in it. So we might get that with Kushida. Not everyone's going to be Shinsuke with the crowd going mental on his first night. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Shinsuke's wrestled Sami Zayn first, so it's not exactly fair. <laughs> Shinsuke, Shinsuke also came in and on night one put on a five-star match. Yes. Because his style lined up perfectly. Mm. Well, Kushida's was more, we'll let you sell for a bit, but you also, this is more showcasing your moves rather than putting together an awesome match. So... It kind of like Riddle's debut, uh, Riddle's earlier matches, including his one against Sketches Ono, was more about getting his moveset over rather than putting on an amazing story or getting over, or putting on an amazing match. He obviously did that against Dream and showed it there, so he might get that with uh, Kushida. <laughs> might get that with Kushida. <laughs> it might not be till, it might not be all the way to whatever the next takeover is or his takeover debut until we properly feel like he's a big star in NXT. It may be. There's a lot of stars in NXT right now. (laughs) Somehow, they keep stealing them all, and they just keep making new ones. They're like, oh, yeah, fine. Take EC3, whatever. Whatever. Johnny Gargano and, you know, Tommaso Ciampa. Call up Aleister Black, whatever. We'll just, you know, make the dream a giant star. Yeah, we got... Make Matt Riddle, this guy nobody even heard of six months ago in WWE. We've got Velveteen Dream entering on a sofa, singing his own version of the National (laughs) Anthem. Oh, my God, it was so ridiculous. (laughs) Oh, with the lyrics on the screen and everything, and the fact he wasn't singing that well, he just oh, added to it. Oh, uh, that was kind of you. <laughs> and uh, for me, the best part was just the fact that all of Full Sail got right behind it and sang every <laughs> word. <laughs> that was great. So over there. Uh, I, I'm fascinated to see what happens if he ever makes it to the main roster. Will he be over on the main roster? Will they ruin him? Because my, well, my other, I guess the real question is, can he stop them from ruining him? Because <laughs> my other feeling when watching it was just that he would never get to do anything like this <laughs> on the main roster, and if he will, it'll probably involve like butt, jo- butt jokes or you look stupid jokes <laughs> or your town smelly jokes. <laughs> Shaving someone's back in the yeah. locker room, yeah. Didn't mention, yeah. Didn't that was <laughs> that was the first thing I saw about the episode, and I'm just like. What are they doing to the revival? <laughs> oh my God! They're like, oh, you don't, you, you, you don't want to sign a long-term contract? You want to complain about dropping the belts and never getting to wrestle good matches? How about you guys hop in the shower and shave each other's backs? <laughs> I think cause they were the other uh, deal storyline or contract story for this past week, where they were offered five hundred thousand contracts each, Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder, uh, and the story is they've not signed them yet. So it's not like Leo Rush where they've outright refused. It is a they've not signed them yet. That'll so. really inspire you to sign your contracts, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As in, it's WWE humor. It's the kind of thing where if I signed with them, I would expect to have to do something like that at least. I would once. put it in my contracts that I could veto any terrible humor segment. <laughs> to be fair, that's what Road Dog and Billy Gunn used to do with Vince Russo. Like, it, it, that's what, one of the very dog anecdotes was just that you come up, you know, where they had their um, like their trash matches where they put them in the trash dumpster thing, dumpster matches, that's it, put in giant dumpsters. And like, Barry Pinsley was trying loads of ideas, and Rodog would just go, No, that's shit, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so, yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, you have stories from like all the big stars in the Attitude Era just hearing these terrible stories, like, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And then you move on. I don't understand half of this generation <laughs> that hears these terrible ideas and like, yep, that's fine. Uh, choke me up against the wall while I pee, while I pee myself. That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to make something up, but now you chose one that actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> one that actually happened, and now that guy's not on TV anymore. Nailed uh, it. That was worth it. That was the other confusion that I think I said to Burn that before uh, that uh, EC3 isn't that uh, Vince doesn't get him. And apparently he didn't like the uh, Drake Maverick and the EC3 pairing. You know, the thing that got them super over in the first place in TNA. <laughs> what is there not to like about EC3? The dude <laughs> is just a walking ball of muscle, can deliver a promo, and puts on a solid match every single fucking time. Like, it, he designed Randy Orton in the lab first, and he designed EC3 in the lab a decade later. Mm. What is there not to like? <laughs> Also, somebody found that one time Randy Orton entered to um, Killswitch Engage, the Punk's theme song. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it's like they um, they had the rights for it, but didn't know what to do with it. And then, yeah, obviously it fit Punk a lot better. I think they started <laughs> it in a different place, though. It didn't start at the beginning. Oh, yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember what it was. Because Randy Orton, it was when he was doing his pose with the uh, Golden Shower. <laughs> I can't think of that term. <laughs> this show is not PG, by the way. <laughs> WWE says they are. Yeah, not us, no. <laughs> Speaking of other terrible segments, uh, did you actually watch SmackDown? Did you see yeah. Alistair Black and his terrible second promo? Yeah, I was, I was, I, it was one of those where, after the first one, I was interested to see how they built off of it, but then they went a little bit art schooly. <laughs> it was really, it was, it was, yeah, I zoned out of it. I tend to do that with art, art schooly kind of stuff. I speak yeah. very slowly. Use very, very large words and speak about philosophy 101 subject. Because <laughs> yeah. this is what made people like me in NXT. Oh, wait, it wasn't. It was kicking people in the fucking face. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, you watch that, and it's like, how this is like how they introduced him in NXT was somebody who silently <laughs> walked to the ring, just stood there all ominous, really calm, nothing phased him. <laughs> And then they just, no matter who the opponent was, he was never fazed. And then he just beat the shit out of them. And it was awesome. Like, immediately, like, this guy's a badass. <laughs> he's amazing. And now, yeah, he's teaching you psychology 101. <laughs> it's exactly like original Roman. People like Silent Killer Roman. And they hand him a mic, and they're like, go talk for 10 minutes. Like, oh, never mind. This guy's yeah. awful. It's just, the same thing's going to fucking happen. And this is, like, the other thing of WWE Creative. Like, for me, it's so bad. They are screwing up the opportunity they had where their biggest star had just returned from defeating cancer and already the fans are starting to turn on <laughs> him again. <laughs> like, how do you muck that up? To, <laughs> that be is... fair, to be fair, two weeks ago we talked about this and we're like, yeah, yeah. oh, Roman punched Vince in the face. And I'm like, nah, that's not an authority. <laughs> They'd have to be fucking idiots to roll back an authority storyline. And what happens? Oh, turns yeah. out, He's feuding with Shane, and he's beating three guys at the same time. Wow. Thanks for returning to 2016. Peak Roman hatred. Cool. cool. Uh, and especially when he's doing, like, his Elias feud is never going to give great five-star matches. Against the B team is, like, the silly kind of stuff where you're watching it, not like, you know what's going to happen. It's, not, it's never going to peak your interest. It's, that was one segment of SmackDown that I didn't care about at all. Like, zero interest in it. Which was like, oh, <laughs> it's, just, it's quite sad, really, because I, 
really wanted to support Roman when he returned. It's like, oh, it's a fresh start. Yes, yeah. You're happy to see him defeat Cancer. It's amazing. Yes, he's got all the support from the fans now. And then they just, then you go, oh, yeah, I realised why I started booing Roman, and it's not him. It's, it's the creative <laughs> around him. <laughs> so, oh, we're back into the same boat once again. It kind of sucks. At least there's more interesting things to talk about on SmackDown. So the yeah. women's women's uh, tag team paddle scene, uh, Kyrie mm-hmm. Sane and Asuka wrestling knockoff Poison <laughs> Ivy and Cheetah. I don't know who the other person was even supposed yeah, to be. Smash them. Uh, Iconics on commentary were pretty hilarious. Yeah, the, I'd see quite a few people find them annoying, but I just love the Iconics. They are I, annoying. I That's the point. <laughs> As in, like, in a F-off kind of way. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Whilst I don't think that at all, I think, uh, yeah, I, I'm laughing. I'm either laughing or at least smiling at what they're saying. They do make me laugh. <laughs> they're, they're the good kind of quirky to me. Yeah. It does yeah. annoy me a little bit that, like, in NXT, Corey Graves had a little bit of nuance with who he liked and disliked. He wasn't a pure mm. heel commentator. And yeah. he's still, he's holding on to those NXT nuances, but he hasn't developed any new ones in, in the main roster, right? So he still hates mm. Elias, no matter if Elias is a face yeah. or a heel, which is hilarious. Um, and I think he's got a couple more like that from NXT, but all the heels, especially the heel women, the dude just like drools mm. over like he's modern day, you know, King Lawler or whatever. Mm who can't actually be specific about what he's drooling over at all. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just creepy and weird. But, uh, yeah, Corey used to have a lot of nuance. And he's still, like, a good commentator, but he's gone mm. downhill a little bit. Uh, so that's just another thing I wanted to mention real quick is still love Corey, but at the same time, you know, he's not. It reminds me a little bit of JBL when JBL came back, and JBL was fucking mm. awesome. He's on point, and he's putting people over for, like, a year. He was great on commentary. And then, like, five years after that, I don't know if he just got worn down or he's just cashing his checks or he just decided to change his style or what, but he became a very boring, generic play off of Michael Cole, boring, generic heel commentator. And that's, I worry where Corey is going. Yeah. Like I will commend Corey for doing a three hour show. Like after watching the battle of Winterfell, (laughs) like the next day he did a show. (laughs) Like, yes, he had shaved his head from like just, the anxiety brought on by the episode. <laughs> but, oh. yeah. Oh, yes, you've got bold Corey now. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's the story. <laughs> also, I mean, having these three people boost with Byron is mm. ridiculous when basically the only interactions Byron ever has is being like, this heel champion screwed over this face champion. And Corey's like, shut up, Byron. <laughs> that's, that's like the extent mm. of their interactions with yeah. the guy. Like, why is he on commentary? Or why are you on commentary with him if that's, if that's, the dynamic between those three. It's Which, I think, for me, the, the weirdest thing about that is Byron kind of got to show his strength with the Kofi stuff over WrestleMania and to immediately go straight back to, oh, no, we're doing the same old, you, you're <laughs> an idiot, Byron. It was like, well, <laughs> like we've, we recently, very recently, he reminded us it was only three weeks ago, Byron was really, was fantastic at commentary for, the, for WrestleMania and in the build to it as well, and of course the week after as well during celebration. But yeah, two weeks later we're immediately back to you, idiot Brian, shut up. <laughs> yeah, I think we've seen a couple times where he's done a two-man booth, and it's just him mm. and someone else, and he's totally fine, solid, yeah. good. Just that three-man booth is just a killer. Except when we did it last week, and it was yeah. great. <laughs> Listen to our show with Clive. <laughs> <laughs> we nailed it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the only other thing I, I want to talk about was uh, Kevin Owens and his. Uh, yes. switcheroo and 
how this main event scene is playing out. But what do you think so far? Um, well, for me, it was, it was typical WWE where I would have liked him to stay face and be friends with them at least for a month. <laughs> well, compared at to, least more than one week. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, it's only one week. Of course, for me, that was a long week, so it felt like more than that. <laughs> but he, uh, yes, he was, I would have liked him to establish himself with them rather than just for that one week he's big O and then he immediately turns heel. It feels, it feels like Pure, that's a nice strength. That's, no, that's not right. That is WWE in a nutshell for me. Like they have the ability to kind of play things out and let a story build and kind of burn over time. That's not a pun on you. That's <laughs> yes, not pun not intended. But they don't do it. They just rush it, and it's like it's like season seven Game of Thrones, where it's just like how how, how did they even get from Dragonstone to the other side <laughs> of the wall in like two minutes? That's not possible. <laughs> You're rushing it. <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's rushed, and that takes away from it, and you don't have that emotional connection because it's rushed. And uh, I've I realized I'm both talking about season seven of Game of Thrones and <laughs> WWE. <laughs> yeah, I, I read a little bit that people were speculating, at least, that because Daniel Bryan wasn't cleared and they needed a heel oh, yeah. contender for, for Kofi, that they rushed the heel turn for Kevin Owens, which was always going to come, but they were planning to keep him face for a while. But because Bryan was out, they had to flip KO quickly. It's like, you could have waited like another yeah. week or two. If you'd have waited until like the SmackDown before Money in the Bank and had him turn heel, even if he wasn't defending against against uh, Kevin Owens, he could just not defend. You could just defend it on SmackDown. You could defend against a random heel, like a one-week thing. There's so many things you can do. You don't have to set up a heel for a month. You could have Kevin Owens turn that night at Money in the Bank, and that would be exciting. The least exciting thing you could do is have him pretend to be friends for a week and then flip him again. <laughs> That just makes it the most obvious, boring answer. Although if he did it the week of, we wouldn't have seen his amazing action figure promo. We see them on the chair and then he beats them up. Oh my God. (laughs) It's like Clint Eastwood talking to the chair at the Republican National Convention (laughs) in 2012 or whatever that was. Like, are you talking to a chair? Why are you talking to a chair, you stupid idiot old man? Although Kevin Owens, he he can pull anything off. He did. He, He still almost pulled that out of the fire. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, this shouldn't be working as well as it is. <laughs> but hey, on the plus side, Kofi looks strong once again. He actually kicked the yeah. crap out of Kevin Owens. Yeah, no-nonsense Kofi coming out and immediately destroying. Kind of like this, uh, Kofi retorted whoever it was who said that he needed to be more serious now as champion. Jim Ross and someone else. That was it. Um, and Kofi was just saying, but that's not my character up until this point and that's not what the New Day stand for or are, we're going to stand for what we've always stood for, it's just why would I immediately change everything about me, <laughs> kind of thing, like yeah, Kofi's right, like, I would like <laughs> continuity, <laughs> a little bit The thing that got me over for 11 years is not the thing I'm going to change as soon as I become champion Yeah, compared to when Randy Orton became champion in 2004 after beating Mr. Mysterious no one knows who he is he um, <laughs> immediately flipped and turned face like the biggest baby face in the world. And people were like, I was booing you two weeks ago. <laughs> hey, <laughs> right. To be fair, before we go on too much of a tangent, mm. okay, obviously a huge Randy Orton fan, check out my handle. But um, <laughs> that match was great between he and Benoit. And the whole mm. thing with, you know, sticking your hand out and shake my hand and that was a great match, show me some fucking respect and I'll show you some. Like, that was a real reason to turn face. And he got he, and he got forced to turn face by a Triple H and Evolution. So I think that storyline was really well done. It's just at that point you have a 22 year old guy who's been handed everything, 
it's kind of hard to root for him, <laughs> even if you do yeah. it well. Yeah, I would say uh, that reminded me of the spot I really did like in Cassisone versus Kushida, where Ono was taking. How the it. fuck are you linking that back to Cassisone and Kushida? Uh, the shake of the hand <laughs> bit, that that spot where Cassisone took uh, kind of mess with Kushida. And then later on, Kushida did it to Ono, and that's what cost him. And that just reminded me of something I like about Kushida, where he's a lot like Tanahashi in the sense that he's not afraid of healing it up. Like going for, and this is the one thing John Cena never did. In a town that's booing him, he never was, he was afraid to ever go full heel. Like, the, yeah, like why not? <laughs> it makes yeah, sense the, to do it. The closest uh, he got was that one night stand when he was defending yeah. against. Rob Van Dam, and he he knew mm. he was going to get booed out of that building, so he came out all fucking WWE yeah. militant, and you know <laughs> as close to a heel as he's been since yeah. you know he viewed. Mm. So yeah, Kushida can do that. So that's another element uh, that love. Well, I'm going to build it back to. But yes, we weren't talking about that at all. We're talking about Kofi Kingston. <laughs> yeah, I really like that they've they've built him up since he won the championship. They knew that they had, you know, a champion who wasn't the strongest champion and someone who took the belt off Daniel Bryan, who was a really strong champion. And you're like, uh, third wheel in the new day. I don't know if he's, you know, he's a great story, but they needed to build him as a strong champion to, to keep the, the lineage of the belt going and to make people interested. And he's been great. He's looked great. He's wrestled well. He's delivered great promos. And now he's kicking the shit out of Kevin Owens. Yeah. (laughs) Just throwing that chair at him just looked brutal, even though it's just a chair. Like it Hmm. looked great. Yeah, yeah. So I just love the way they built him up since, you know, he hasn't looked like a clown. He hasn't gotten his ass kicked a bunch. He got betrayed by Kevin Owens, like everyone who's ever trusted Kevin Owens has. Yeah. <laughs> make, I mean, it makes you kind of an idiot, but at least he owned it. And he said, "Yeah, I shouldn't have trusted Kevin Owens. My bad." <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the one side of it. At least Kofi gets that feeling of a badass. That's the one thing he's not really had on his build so far. There's that champion who there's a reason he's champion, and he hopefully showed that against Kevin Owens. Uh, the good side news is that Daniel Bryan has been cleared. So yeah, he is yeah. so after money in the bank, I'm assuming they'll start a program with him. Uh, it raised an interesting point. Um, I want to say it was K.M.A. Jackson on Twitter. But he raised the uh, idea of what happened with Daniel Bryan is he's ended up, after WrestleMania, like taking a month off. I think good. CM Punk did it one year as well after like whining and moaning, like, I need this month off kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Bryan, with his injuries, just like, this is like, the idea of, why isn't this like a regular thing? Like after a major program and a major run like Daniel Bryan, why is, yep. are more people not allowed just a month off? <laughs> Independent <laughs> contractors. Oh yes. <laughs> Independent contractors. Back con- to the start of the show. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Independent contractors, but you're told when to work, who to work, <laughs> what you're doing, <laughs> where you're doing it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it felt like we we're coming towards a conclusion. Yeah. So. So the three topics for really for me were the kind of the WWE TV lows, the immense, like people going crazy for the John Moxley promo, and in a way Kushida's arrival to NXT did it impress or not, or was it just it was like oh, it's an introduction? It's fine. It wasn't yeah. as good as today. It wasn't as good as Shinsuke. Mm. Not to just name the two Japanese wrestlers, but you know, <laughs> it wasn't uh, as good as Oscar. Let's just go with all of them. Yeah. It was more on the yeah. Kyrie Sane level of like, I don't know who this is, but it was fine, and maybe they'll grow into it like Kyrie has, where she's actually really mm. good. Maybe people will learn to appreciate his style, but you know, so far I'm just like, eh, eh. eh. I could have been watching Matt Riddle, and I was watching this instead. <laughs> uh, Matt, he's another one. I, I wasn't really impressed with his debut on NXT, but he's like grown so well so quickly. Oh my god, he's been fucking great. That match with with Dream. <laughs> Where Dream mm. only delivered axe handles, and yet it was like match of the night and phenomenal character work, because that's what he does. 
That match was amazing. Uh, and then the one thing I didn't mention on NXT that just occurred to me um, was the Undisputed Era stuff. Oh, yeah, with the uh, teasing a little... Well, because that's what quite often when they do angles like that, especially on Raw SmackDown, it'll just be that one person has a tiff and that kind of blows up out of proportion compared to this where Bobby Fish is like, no, Cole, that, that, was, that was a dick thing to do. I love that so much because they're like, no, we're cool. Yeah, we kind of fucked up, but like we're stronger than ever. And so what if, if uh, What's-His-Face can't get the job done, whatever. He's, He's like, what the fuck? Dude, what the hell? And he leaves, and then Fish is like, dude, that wasn't funny. Dude, it was a joke. You can't take a joke. He's like, that wasn't a joke, asshole. I'm going to go get him. I'm going to go get Roddy. And he leaves. And then the other guy, who's, I just never remember Fish and the other guy. Fish um, and O'Reilly. Yeah, O'Reilly's like, I thought it was funny. Like, you, you don't usually see a faction split in half, and that's mm. what happens. So I don't know if this is a permanent split in half, or if it's just Roddy's leaving, or if they're going to come back together or what. But I really like where it's going. It's interesting. And it's not just, like you said, one guy splitting. It's like the faction kind of split in half. It's not an NWO thing, thank God. But you know, it's interesting to, to have the two halves of a heel faction uh, kind of going their separate ways. And maybe they'll go their separate ways, or maybe not. I mean, I love Undisputed Era. I just want them whole up in, up in WWE. Yeah, it's... They're, they're like dreams to me, where I want to enjoy them in NXT for as long as I possibly can before True. I can no longer enjoy them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or they it, become sanity. Oh, that's just... Sanity was... They, especially with the promise of their promos of, like, creating chaos, and I was like, this is going to really help SmackDown. Just suddenly you're going to get that feeling <laughs> of chaos and uncertainty and things, and it's going to be awesome, and their entrance is apparently amazing live. That really adds to them. Nope. <laughs> like... They showed up three times in one year. <laughs> we went from The Shield to the slightly less impressive Wyatt family to the significantly less impressive Sanity to the significantly less impressive Authors of Pain, and now we're down to Forgotten Sons. And Lucha House Party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody pointed out that with the revival on Raw and with uh, Robert Roode and his mustache, that they've surely got to make a new Four Horsemen with Pey- Heyman. <laughs> something like that God. just like oh I know the Dangerous Alliance sorry that would be amazing so <laughs> like, oh. if you assume Rude is the main event guy who's the mid-card singles champion oh someone did say it oh I can't remember what uh oh I wanted to say someone like Cesaro but I'm not sure no, who it was no you just can't like, put Cesaro and Heyman well, back together as in just in the sense of <laughs> like Steve Austin was where he was like the really talented mid-card wrestler like, someone like that but I, yep. I can't remember but who, who is they it? picked. But who is oh, it? I can't remember who they picked. It was really good. <laughs> well, uh, whoever they picked, it worked. <laughs> you'll have to send it to me. Find it and send it to me. Yeah, watch it be Cesaro now. Anyway, I feel like that brings us to the end of the show. I don't think... Have you got any more notes? I've gone through all mine. Uh, since you brought up Cesaro real quick. Mm. Uh, Cesaro needs a tag team partner and Cassiusono's not doing anything. Sorry, NXT UK. <gasps> yeah, I didn't think of that. Because, of course, <laughs> Seamus, no one knows what Seamus' status is because he does have an injury. So, I, mean, I know oh. we all want the Cesaro singles run, but, you know, <laughs> you have a dream tag team right there. That's oh, all I'm saying. The Kings of Wrestling were so good. <laughs> I'd love to see them in WWE. Uh, that's if they're allowed to do the inventive stuff they come up with. I'll say inventive to cover, like, the cool-looking stuff and the really silly <laughs> fun <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, search up the GIF or the YouTube videos of Cesaro and Cassius Ono teaming together. Yes, you will see Cesaro with hair, and yes, it will freak you out. That's but super weird. <laughs> but the the actual wrestling itself is <laughs> it's awesome. It's so funny. That's uh, all I have. Right, I think that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, myself and Ben will be back next Thursday talking about stuff once again with. Oh, you, oh wait, if this is a longer month. Burn's got four more episodes for this. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Ah, suck it, Burn. You don't have to do three, you've got to do four. For now, for now. We see, <laughs> it might be more. It might be more. We'll wait and see. We won't confirm <laughs> anything, just in case. <laughs> but anyway, uh, please do check out the other Lords of Pain radio shows. Friday, you've got the right side of the pond with Math Plan and Mazza. Saturdays is all about All Elite with Jan Matt, no, sorry, with Miss Fan and his friend Mystic. Uh, Sundays is the Doc Says talking about whatever the Doc wants to talk about because he's doing Happy Wrestling Fan now. Uh, Kingdom of Honor is on Mondays with Jamman and his friend Jeff talking Ring of Honor and New Japan. Tuesdays is the Global Revolution followed by After Smackdown One Nation Radio with Rich Latter and James Boyd. Uh, Wednesdays is Planned Sports Entertainment is Dead with the performance art kind of reviews of WWE. And then you're back to me and Burn on Thursday. Also, next Saturday, May 11th, is the Lords of Pain Radio 7 million special, which it kind of puts it in perspective, like, oh, shit, that's 7 million listens. That's a real thing. We're accountable for six of those. Yes. yes. <laughs> As in uh, just just six. Just six. Just six. <laughs> <laughs> like the local election turnout. Am I right? <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> that was just something, such... something Brexit. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, don't forget about the European votes in three weeks, guys. Uh, <laughs> get, get excited for that. Uh, I, I made the guy laugh. for our European yeah. politics spin-off podcast. Yeah. To be fair, in our early days, we we drifted off into politics <laughs> so often. <laughs> we truly did have six listeners. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, we can talk. We can drift off. No one gives a shit. We're not, we're not assigned <laughs> to a site or anything. Who actually wants us to talk about wrestling. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, wow. If we were still on SoundCloud, it would be mostly politics and Game of Thrones. We'd hardly talk about wrestling. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, we are back next Thursday at the same time, hopefully. And with that, I bid you a... Oh, no, there's a... before I bid you do, yes, I was plugging the 7 million thing before you drifted off. <laughs> so yes, May 11th at midday is the current time. It's not set in stone. I'll tweet it out if it changes at the damn Infocat. But yes, a 7 million special featuring, my, at, at the minimum... Myself, Doc, the guys from One Nation Radio, which I have to do Boyd, Plan, Jan Man. I don't think Ms. Van could make it. Uh, I don't think Steve's going to be able to make it. Whoever's from the right side of the pond, a.k.a. I think I'm hosting, it's going to be a Skype nightmare. <laughs> so many people. I've not formally invited Burn yet. It is on a Saturday. I don't know anything about Burn's weekends. <laughs> I'll ask him off air. You don't need to find this out on air. Uh, I think I'm actually playing the Game of Thrones board game that day. Oh, oh! So you're actually doing something fun and exciting whilst I'm hosting a, a death Skype course. <laughs> right. uh, uh, I'll survive. It'll be all right. <laughs> nothing will go wrong at all. Nothing ever goes wrong with technology, does it? No, nope. it'll be fine. Nope. Ten. Uh. <laughs> Ten. Ten. <laughs> I should just start saying that randomly during the the cast. Oh my god, I'm going to start doing it. I don't know. I've not listened back. I don't know if you can hear us during the actual <laughs> intro when that's playing. <laughs> so, no, We're just laughing. <laughs> Uh, it was so, such good comedic timing tonight. Anyway, I'm, I'm just happy I've got through a show with my voice still intact and my brain's working. This is not, I'm not used to this. <laughs> so, anyway, with that, I bid you adieu. Adios.
and say goodbye. See you later. Ten. Ten. <laughs> <laughs>